I counsel my clients that it should be a source only check. So the source that you interviewed should be really the only one who gets to check the facts and his, his or her quotes. The latest in agricultural media and some smart conversation. This is the Ag Communicators Network podcast. And here's your host, Kelsey Litchfield. Welcome to another episode of the AgCom Network Podcast. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, and I'm so excited to introduce the first episode of 2019. Today, you will sit in on a conversation between two friends and veteran ag communicators. Holly Spangler is a senior editor for Prairie Farmer, and Kenna Rathai is a public relations director at Broadhead. On this episode, they share their perspective on what's going on behind the scenes between PR and editorial and what we can learn from each other's job. Our guest, Kenna, has been in the agcom field for about 25 years and has worked as a freelancer and in the agency space covering PR consulting work, media relations, and technical writing. In this episode, they will discuss fact-checking, working through a PR professional, time management on both sides of the aisle, and more. So without further ado, I'll let Holly and Kenna take it away. So Kenna, I feel like we almost have to preface this conversation by saying like we have this conversation a lot, right? <laughs> we do. Every, anytime I have a question, I think, oh, I'm going to call Holly to see what she thinks. <laughs> and I know that you do the same thing. Exactly. Every time I think, well, I don't, I don't understand why they're asking this. I'm going to ask Kenna. <laughs> and, it's and, so funny because, and we always come to a better understanding at the end. Yes. Yes. That's a thing. Whether we actually pick up the phone and call each other, or it's just a, you know, two days worth of emails back and forth. We always land at the end. Of, okay. Well, I didn't realize that mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. So in the course of that, we, we kind of came to this idea, you know, Hey, maybe this would be a good podcast because um, you have so much experience um, and background in in media relations in ag and working with clients and some of our more recent conversations we've talked about how like it just seems like things are changing a little bit you know at least from our perspective as as editors you know when we send a story off and and that was our most recent thing I think in the fall you know um, an individual on our team had, you know, a question that came back that we were like, we just have no idea where this is coming from. And the upshot of that conversation was that, you know, things have just changed a little bit for everybody in terms of the climate and that kind of thing. So can you share a little bit, you know, we, um, you know, we deal obviously with check copy a lot in, in agricultural media. Um, we try to do that for a number of reasons, right? So we can get it right. It's good for everybody when we get it right. (laughs) Um, It's bad when we get it wrong and nobody wants that, including us. And so we send out a check copy, you know, to our sources um, asking for factual corrections and that kind of thing. Um, But I've always been curious, you know, like I've, I've never worked on your side, you know, so like when I, you know, interview a source and I write a story and I send off the check copy, what happens then? That's a good question. And and I will say first that, if you're a good PR person, you know that there's no guarantee you're going to get to fact check that copy. So everyone should definitely appreciate that and understand that. So 
Um, I right. wanted to make sure that everybody knows that. Um, you know, it just really depends. I, I counsel my clients that it should be a source only check. So the source that you interviewed should be really the only one who gets to check the facts and his, his or her quotes. Um, you know, if you, if you have media trained that person correctly, if you have given them key messages, if you've worked with them ahead of time and prepped them for that interview, you should be able to be confident in what that person is going to say and what's going to come back from the reporter or the writer. Mm -hmm. So that's how I counsel my clients. However, that doesn't always get to happen. <laughs> um, there, there are so many legal and regulatory reviews and marketing managers and product managers that sometimes it has to go through. And it's just, it's increased significantly um, in recent years, I think, um, mm -hmm. for a couple different reasons. I mean, I think that uh, companies put a lot of time and energy and money into company reputation and product development. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they want to make sure that their products are represented correctly or even mm -hmm. the issues that they're talking about. So yeah, it, it, it sometimes can go through up to six or seven people when you send it back for a fact checking. That's why, you know, if, if you can, you know, I, I urge any PR person out there, if you can at all try and get it to just having a source check it, um, that's ideal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think we totally have seen that as well. You know, there are times that you get a story back and think, well, boy, in the world happened, you know, like there's red in every sentence and, 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 and that feeling like, did a lawyer go through this? And perhaps the answer is yes, they did. <laughs> yes, sometimes that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just so you know, one of the clients I work on now, and it really depends on the business, you know, if it's yeah. a a food animal product, or if it's mm -hmm. something that's going through, you know, huge regulatory um, and legal issues. Um, you know, sometimes when it's a company-owned piece, it can take, I think we de determine, it can take up to 47 days to get approved from mm -hmm. start to finish. Mm -hmm. So not just the approval part, the writing part too, but yeah. um, it, it's a long process. So for someone like a, a if a, a writer does an interview and comes back to us with copy, sometimes if it gets to the legal and regulatory folks, they think of it as owned copy, owned content. And it's mm -hmm. really not, it's earned content. And we've already should have, again, should have already done the job of key message training and preparing mm -hmm. them for the interview. That's an interesting set of phrases that we don't, you know, use on the media side, you know, the earned copy versus owned copy. I mean, it makes sense. We just don't call it that, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that is the difference for sure. So kind of what about, we talked a little bit the other day about like turnaround times um, and, and what's an adequate amount of turnaround time. And, and, and just like you had just said, you know, we don't always, um, you know, aren't always able to send a check copy depending on what's, you know, the timeline or the topic or the season or whatever. And, everybody has fewer people and more to do right on both sides. And, and now with, you know, everything being published online and quickly and, you know, deadlines coming fast and furious, it can be harder to get those check copies, you know, back and forth and that kind of thing. And like, I try to give a source a heads up, you know, when I think, you know, when I interview them, Hey, I think I'm going to be writing this tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to shoot it your way. Well, you're going to be around to look at it or whatever, you know, that timeline might be. And so then they can say, oh no, I'm going to be out or, you know, we can kind of try and figure that out or, or they can say, oh yeah, I'll be watching for it or 
whatever it might be. Um, but I think especially like, you know, say we're doing something with a field agronomist and it's April, it might be tough for them to get that back real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything, you know, that we can do as editors to make that run more smoothly, you know, on our end? And, and especially if it's one of those cases where we've just got, you know, less than 24 hours or, you know, by end of business day or something like that. I, I think so. And, and first, working through a PR person is going to get you better success sometimes because we know their cell phones. We know where to find them. We know, <laughs> we know what meetings they're in. Um, so we, we as PR people um, can truly be helpful in that area where you might not get a call back from a source if uh-huh. they're, you know not checking on you. So um, I think it comes down to, you know, everybody's crazy busy. Like you mentioned, we're all doing more work with fewer people. think about the travel and the meetings our clients are in and our sources. Um, it's, it's nearly impossible to get a hold of them um, and then offer them just a few hours or even a 24 hour turnaround time. So I think, I think it comes down to time management on both sides. So yeah, I mean, anytime you can give a heads up right after the interview, even, you know, say you have the interview on Tuesday morning and you know, you're going to be writing it within the next 48 hours. Um, just let us know, Hey, I might, I'm probably going to send this to you between nine and noon on Friday. I will be able to tell you right away where my client's going to be. Um, if they're going to be in a meeting, can I have another hour? I can get a hold of them. Um, I can give the the client a heads up. And usually they, they are, you know, again, it comes back to time management. You know, mm-hmm. if we can get that information far ahead in advance as possible. Um, it's a little bit easier. For sure. For sure. But, I mean, it's also time management on our side too. I mean, then it's, then it's on us to be able to track them down and make sure <laughs> they take a look at it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes when I hear that, I think like, like what you say about it's, it's, you'll have more success if you work through a PR person. Like I very much get that. And yet there are sometimes I think, oh, it's so much easier if I just, I know that agronomist, I've worked with them for, you know, 15 years at three different companies, <laughs> you know, and, and yet I feel like some of that's changing, you know, even, even though we've got that longstanding relationship that maybe it would still be better um, either to loop in a PR person or maybe to offer that to them to say, hey, I understand if you need to share this you know, up the chain or whatever. Yep. And, and, and maybe think, still say, and yet I still need it back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I, I think some of that does come down to that um, legal and regulatory scrutiny. Um, yeah. e- even our sources that are very well media trained, they, they know what's going back, what's going on at the home office. And, you know, companies are conser- more conservative and a little bit more strict. Um, you know, they, they come under scrutiny by other competitors, by the FTC. Mm-hmm by mm-hmm. everyone and, ev- and everything. So I think that's, that's top of mind in a lot of people's, um, uh, what they're going through. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it seems like too, with a lot of the new um, crop protection products or hybrids or whatever it might be, it just seems like there's a lot more sensitivity around mm-hmm. some of that, even, even for years before it's released, you know, as you yeah. start to write about those products. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah. There's so many more rules. I mean, so many more rules. Um, you know, I mentioned the companies put a lot of, of time and money into protecting their assets and developing their products. And 
it, um, you know, again, they're, they're, you know, we talk about product names or legal entities, you know, they're, they're governed by the FTC and, and other government agencies. It's not, um, it's not, we can't play fast and loose anymore. Like we used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is something when you think about the turnaround we used to have. You yeah. Know, it was just a monthly publication. You had tons right. of time. As long as Easy. you weren't pushing your deadline, you had tons of time. To get exactly. Back and everything. Is there a better way for us to handle that as editors, you know, with all the legalese? Um, you know, we talked this fall about that one particular situation where um, there was a company wanting us to use, um, it was the word product. I think it was product. It was either product or blend. I'm not sure. Instead of the word hybrid. And we're like, but it's a hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it was, and we, and we laugh, right? Like it's funny, but, and yet at the same time, we're like, how hard is this to figure out? Is it a hybrid or not? Like, or, and then we, we started a question like, maybe it's not a hybrid. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, what's the factual definition of a right. hybrid? Is it a corn seed that goes in the ground? It's a right. hybrid. <laughs> right. Like the so definition guess, is or whatever. <laughs> so I, I thought I knew that. <laughs> I think, um, I think it comes down to as well to company style and facts uh-huh. and, um, AP style and magazine style. We all have our different styles. Um, but a fact is a fact. So if it's your company style to call it a product, great. If it's a fact that it's a hybrid, then that's up to the magazine. I would think to be able to call that and, and only for reader clarity, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's a, a, some other sort of product other than hybrid, then yeah, let's, let's talk about what the facts are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it does come down to that company style. Sometimes we can't expect a magazine to follow our company style. Um, yeah. if it's, if, as long as it's factual, um, I think that's right. Right. We have weird rules. Like you have to put the second reference of a product brand name in all caps. You're not, we don't expect a magazine to do that. <laughs> um, it's in our news release. But we don't expect sure. you to do that if you're not going to. You don't put sure. the little marks in there. Um, but again, as long as it's factual, um, that should be where the edits end. Um, but that's right. not always the case. You know, we always, you know, I, I, I hope that editors don't get frustrated at some of those little style things where mm-hmm. kind of our job to send it back and say, hey, could you do this instead? Um, <laughs> don't get frustrated. Just don't make the edit if you don't feel like it's, you know, if it doesn't cross the line between fact and, and not fact, then yes. it's your style. Um, you know, that's up to you guys. Right. And I've said that to people in our team too. Like, that's just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, that that that's not a fact. That's not a you know something that was incorrect. That's just a suggestion. Don't worry about it. Roll right. on. You know. I had a client once who was very particular about how he came across in his quotes, mm-hmm. and I mean he he did great interviews what the, what the writer um, reported on was great, sounded great, but he always liked to tweak it a little bit (laughs) and just to make it sound a little smoother than when he actually voiced it over the phone or in person. Yeah. Um, And again, I would always start out by saying, this doesn't change, you know, these edits don't change the integrity of the quotes. I understand if you don't want to make them. Right. Here you go. (laughs) Right. And, And honestly, I mean, you guys, we have to start from a base of understanding too. Um, 
you know, you, you want your stories to be correct and read well. Um, you want the quotes to sound great. You want your sources to be um, valuable for your readers. Um, and we want the same thing too. We want our sources and experts to sound good <laughs> for right, lack of a better right. term. And, and I think it's that line between trying to figure out how to say something um, and really in, in a science writing basically is what it is, but trying to say something that our readers are going to understand in language that they're going to understand, but still true to the facts of whatever the research yeah. is or the product is or the whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one so of the hardest, hardest things when you're looking at quotes and, and direct quotes is, okay, is this the best way a reader is going to understand this or yeah. does it need to be tweaked a little bit? Right. Or is this where we paraphrase and, and, mm -hmm. and make it plain yep. there? But, well, you know, and, and I know as we, when we talk, obviously we are much more specific <laughs> in our emails about what the situation is and we, you know, want to be careful with all that stuff. Um, but are there certain situations that you can think of like where this has worked, you know, or a check copy has worked really well or the opposite, you know, maybe it, you know, like sort of the best and worst that you've dealt with on your end. I think, and I honestly, I, I would say if I remember it, remembered it, but I, I can't honestly remember the specifics, <laughs> but I do remember getting check copy once and whatever the edit we made, I was so thankful that we got the check copy because the, I think it was, it may have been something as simple as the company name was spelled wrong that would never have been fixed by a copy editor. It was a weird name or something. And I, if that had been printed without a check copy, the reporter would have been embarrassed. The publication right. would have been embarrassed. You know, yeah. the company would have been upset. Um, so that's where check fact checking copy comes in really handy. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm trying to remember some other examples. Well, I can think of <laughs> just very recently I did a story and sent back to the communications person at the organization because the source was like, nah, I don't want to see it. It'll be fine. Send it to, you know, our person. And I said, okay. And I did, and I don't know what, how I managed to do this, but I had the man's last name wrong. Like oh. I've known this man for years. I know what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I don't know how I managed to do that. Like I was mortified. Like, you know, I get an email back from the communications person saying, looks great. Just a heads up. His last name is actually da, da, da. and I was like all caps reply. I am so sorry. Like <laughs> Came in. And the, the only, exactly. The only good thing is like, we've, we've all known each other for a long time. Like hopefully they won't, you know, hold it against me or, you know, <laughs> but I was sitting here banging my head against my desk going, how can you make such a dumb error? And, yeah. and I don't know that our, you know, as, as I sent that up our chain, our, our, you know, my copy editor is wonderful, but she wouldn't know that, you she know, it. no. Well, and I think it'd have been bad. I think what's nice too in today, you know, we complain a lot because of today's fast paced world. Um, but one thing that's nice is a lot of the copy that's written now goes to mm -hmm. online media. So when there's something that we didn't get to fact check and we see it right. online and it's like, Oh, Oh, could they make this edit? Heck yeah, you can make the edit because it's not yes. in print yet. <laughs> so, right. Um, that's that, the beauty that's of the internet. Handy too. <laughs> yep. And, and usually editors have been really good about, oh gosh, yeah, 
will totally make that edit and it's not such a big deal. Right, right. Because it's a quick and easy, mm-hmm. quick and easy fix that way. Are there other things that you think to yourself, gosh, I wish an editor made this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think some of it comes down to just both sides having a little bit of compassion for the other too. Yes. You know, compassion and understanding. And, you know, we're not out to get each other. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, things on our to-do list and we have to get them done and we try and do it the best way we can. Um, so I, for, for me, I think um, if editors can maybe just take a step back and, and like you mentioned earlier, it, some of it is just suggestions. We don't expect you guys to have to make some of these edits that we send back. Um, right. So I think that's a, that's a good way to, to put it back too. But I, I yeah. think it's just yeah, understanding. And... Yeah, I think you're right too. Like just some compassion that everybody's just trying to do their job. You know, like if I get something back, it's not that they are just trying to make my day harder. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not really it. <laughs> but I remember years, years ago, like I had done a story. I mean, I bet it was in the first year or two on the job. And I had done a story about a farmer who had built like a, um, roll cage kind of thing on the back of his uh, soil finisher, you know, just break up the clods or whatever. And, and he had built it all himself or whatever. And he just called it a crumbler because that was his, it was crumbling up the clods of dirt. That's just what he called it. And so when I wrote the story, I wrote it up that way. And then, you know, using his language, <laughs> then we got a letter. This was back in, I mean, we emailed them, but we got mm-hmm. a formal letter from a major equipment company saying we have trademarked the word crumbler and you can't use that. And Mike Wilson was my boss at the time. And he read that and laughed and threw it in the trash. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was that sort of, well, you know, I understand where they're coming from, yeah. but at the same time, this is already run. And that's a word. Like you can't copyright a word. You know what I mean? So everybody rolled on and it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and it, and it's funny you say that because my guess is they did they were able to copyright it or register it as a trademark because they had either something before or after it possibly. So right, they may, right. That they may have well had a model number or the company name ahead of it or something like that. Yeah, you can't usually you can't trademark um, common words. Uh, right. Sometimes that that gets through government you know, yeah. tape and, and you can. And, and like I said before, people, you know, companies put a lot of, of effort into that. So they're, they have to be protective of their assets. I mean, it's their, yeah. their legal assets. So yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, it's sometimes it seems silly, but it's true. <laughs> so how much of your job has changed in terms of the amount of time you spend interacting with lawyers, you know, and legal teams, you know, as you're working on, you know, whatever product or however that might work, how, how much of that has changed for you in the last, let's say, I don't know, two or three years? Um, I'd say it depends on the t- type of company. Um, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, the, the crop protection um, side of the business, which is where I started out in, um, there was a legal and regulatory review. I don't remember it being horrible. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't all that bad. You know, the, they had to check off on things. Um, if you work on the pharmaceutical side of things, completely different story. Um, if there's anything to do with food animal products, um, mm. that, that is highly regulated. And so we've had, but, but even then I've worked in that area 
that category for um, 15 years or so. And mm-hmm. um, it, I, I be, I've had a lot more conversations with lawyers and regulatory uh, managers in the last two years than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to figure out what, what our rules are. Um, for example, uh, native ads, ad content is a huge deal. Right. Um, right. And if, if people listening don't know what native ads are, they're, we basically get an opportunity to write a few words of educational content and mm-hmm. it's clearly identified as advertising, um, usually within like an e-newsletter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we have almost gotten to the point with one of my food animal pharmaceutical clients that we don't even want to do them anymore because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if there's anything that is a claim about a product in there, even though we're not mentioning the product, if it right. links to a product page or if the headline is something that could be construed as a claim later on, mm-hmm. um, you have to put in all the safety information and, and that takes up way more space than you have. So mm-hmm. there's, there's that too, when we get into that native uh, content that there's just a whole, it's a whole new ball game. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's really new in the last couple of years. So our lawyers and regulatory group is trying to figure out their process too, along the way, you know, we had to learn what they were and legal has to figure out, okay, what's acceptable and what's not. Mm-hmm. So that's been, that's been a struggle. Right. Right. Well, and we talked some too about that idea of um, when we are, let's say writing something about a new product or some, you know, crop protection product or whatever it might be, you know, we would spell out that whole name, you know, on the first reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't even think of a good example, but, you know, generally those have pretty long names yeah. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and then on second and third and fourth and subsequent references, we would, you know, use it by the common name or whatever, like the farmer might call it or, you know, so that mm-hmm. it's clear what we're talking about, but we're not going to spell out everything every single time, you know, with the company name and the full blown deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know there's been times that we've been asked to include that. And I, in my mind, that falls under style. Is that, would you agree with that or no? Or does that depend on the company? Maybe it depends on the company, but I would think that would fall under style. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you've established the correct name up front, mm-hmm. and then maybe the magazine style is to abbreviate later on, even though it wouldn't be the company's style. Um, right. I would think if there's if it's correct the first the first mention, I would think that's a style thing. Yeah, and then that's my guess. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. Right. <laughs> Nor TV. do you play one on TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> So has there ever been a time when like you have had to deal with, you know, maybe something that got published by one of us that caused a legal reaction on your end? I, I, I feel like, yes, <laughs> I feel like, yes, I've had to deal with that. Okay. Um, and, and I know you can't say, and, and that's right. fine too. I'm just, I'm just curious, you know, like, like we don't deal with that. Like, you know, unless we would get, <laughs> but in general, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But I always wonder does was, that come back to you guys at the agency it, um, as being it, that middle person that has to deal with that? It, it sometimes does. Um, but I, I think, you know, what I've learned in my just career in general is better be transparent upfront. So mm-hmm. as soon as this happens, your first job is to backtrack the history and how did it happen? And if there was any way to avoid it, 
Um, so I, that's the process, thought process we go through is, okay, here's what happened. Let's back through um, the process. How did it happen? And then was there a way to avoid it? And then you go back to who, who on the company side needs to know. And then you, then you can have all your information in front of you. And sometimes it's just a mistake. I mean, we are human. Exactly. Um, that, exactly. that is, that is going to happen. And sometimes processes have been improved because of it. You know, hey, we realized that X, Y, Z wasn't happening in our process. We're going to change that and improve. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, you know, it's really all you can do. Um, but mm-hmm. getting, trying to get all the facts straight before I go back to the company is huge. Um, and I have had to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, cross your fingers, it's online and it can be fixed. <laughs> but <laughs> right. That wasn't always the case. Um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes we ask for, a, you know, um, whatever they right, a correction. Or a correction. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually publications have been more than willing to do that if it's, um, again, human error on whoever's mm-hmm. part in the process. Uh, but yeah, usually right. we've improved processes because of it. That's good. You know, and that, that's a good way of looking at it too, because we've done the same thing. You know, we're, we cover like at the front progress show, um, new products. And so we have a team of four editors that go booth to booth to booth all over the show looking for new products. And they come up with, I mean, literally dozens and dozens and dozens of new products. And you're going to write up, you know, 150 words on each one of those with a website and a company and a price and a rundown of it and maybe model numbers. And every year I think the margin for error on this is very large. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't even imagine how you guys do that. <laughs> it's a little bit of a nightmare, but we've done it enough times. It's kind of down to a science. Like we know what works, but it's that same thing. Can we track back and figure out where we went wrong here yeah. um, and how that could have happened? And, and I'm always amazed that for the number of products that we go through, you know, the number, like I can think of like only one time that we've had to run an actual correction, mm-hmm. you know, and um, which is, which is good, but like I probably shouldn't say that out loud because now it may happen. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I like that idea of like figuring out, okay, where do we go wrong and what do we fix it and move forward? Cause we want everything to be accurate. Right. Um, because that's, that's our reputation, you know, on the line there too. And, and, and the same for you guys and, and mm-hmm. the same for the company. Exactly. So anyway, hopefully at the end of the day, we can all say we're still friends. We can, we can. (laughs) And and in the meantime, Holly and I, you and I will have this uh, conversation many times (laughs) in the future too. And we will do a round two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kenna, I appreciate it. I think it's always good for us to hear what's happening on the other side of the fence and, and hopefully we can, you know, simmer down, you know, if we on the editorial side get a, (laughs) you know, story back that's all marked up or, or given a word or a phrase that we're like, what in the world? Generally, the answer is it's gone back to the lawyers, right? <laughs> that, that is true. And I think on the PR side, if we can help counsel our clients that, um, you know, fact checking is, is a, not a guarantee. It should be appreciated and really just check for facts. Um, yep. And that's, that's what it's for. It's fact checking, um, not style Absolutely. checking you know, not rewording your quotes as much. Um, That's what it is. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's your job to tell the story. You know, we give you information to help build a story, um, but it's your job. It's your job to tell the story for your readers and and viewers. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well said. Well, Kenna, thank you so much. Appreciate it. 
Thank you, Holly. Thanks so much to Holly and Kenna for taking time out of their busy schedules to record and allowing us to listen in on their conversation. I listen to these episodes more than once and I can always guarantee that I'll learn something new every time I listen in and I hope you do the same. So before you turn to another episode or log off the computer, I do have one request for you. Please share this podcast with another ad communicator. You can send them a link from iTunes or Google Play or have them listen online through podcast.com and some of our episodes are also on SoundCloud. As always, if you have a guest or topic that you believe would be a good fit for this podcast, please message us through the AAEA Facebook page or visit the AAE website. Thanks again for supporting and listening to our podcast, and I'll talk to you next time. This has been an Ag Communicators Network podcast. Thanks for listening, and please visit us online at agcomnetwork.com for more great content.